0: One sixth is the word of the day. It is May 1st, 2023. It's a Monday, and I need to take it down a notch. Welcome to Nothing Personal. I'm all worked up. Normally, Mondays are, I'm looking for the energy, getting back into the week. After this past weekend, how can you not be excited to be a fan of sports? You just sit around and you're watching. Baseball finish its first month, and that's not even the lead. It should be the lead on a predominantly baseball podcast, but that's not what we are here. We'll cover everything. Welcome, live. Nothing personal with David Sampson. Let's start. What was the biggest thing? This is what's in my head at two in the morning. What is the first thing you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about Steph Curry scoring fifty in a game seven? Never saw that before. Why wouldn't you lead with an expansion team ousting? the reigning Stanley Cup champs. An expansion team, the Seattle Kraken. See you later, Avalanche on the road in a game seven. That is a lead. No, the lead has to be the fact that the Miami Heat go into New York, starting that rivalry over again and take game one. The Heat, who are the worst, most mediocre, Regular season team somehow turned it on in a way that I could only dream of when running a team. Hey guys, let's go. We're not even in the playoffs. You gotta pick it up. The Heat get into the playoffs after losing to Chicago and me assuming, or losing to the Hawks, and me assuming that that would be it in the play in tournament. They're now up one nothing in the conference semis. Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler, how's your ankle? That may be the lead. Until I'm watching the Panthers-Bruins, another South Florida team, another Game 7. I tweeted this last night, and I want to stand by it as an absolute. Game 7s in the National Hockey League playoffs are the most exciting thing in sports. I love the World Cup penalty shootouts. It's fine. I like baseball, bottom of the ninth. Bases loaded, three, two, two strikes. I'm in, it's exciting. With the pitch clock, it may be even more exciting. But in hockey, in a game seven in overtime where every time you're up and down the court, that could be it, where it's it's sudden death. It's not even like the NFL where in the beginning, both teams have a chance, unless you give up a touchdown. What was that game that playoff game with the bills and the chiefs where one team didn't get the ball one did get the ball game over in hockey you're back and forth back and forth you can't really follow the puck you don't know what's happening you don't like the animated puck what remember that year when they made it uh like the color of a highlighter you still not follow the the glow puck they may have called it all of a sudden the panthers score and the best team in the history of hockey the boston bruins the best team eliminated in the first round and all I kept thinking was, running the Marlins, all I wanted was for the Panthers and Heat to lose. I wanted focus to be on the fact that our team is 10-0 in one-run games. That our team is in a wild card position. That our team is above 500 after one month in the season. Things are going great. Meanwhile, no one gives a flying rat's ass. We're going to do an entire show down here on Lebatar at a local hour. I'm not even sure the Marlins will come up unless I bring them up. That used to, it it hurts. It's hard not to be happy for Matt Caldwell, the president of the Panthers, Vinny Viola, the owner. It's hard. It's hard not to be happy for Mickey Harrison and for Eric Woolworth and Pat Riley. I am happy for them, just jealous. But when you think about what is going on in these sports and what matters and what's exciting, it doesn't matter to me that it's a first round or a second round or a final round. It's having a community rally around sports. And the reason I love that so much is that that is where public financing comes from. This is the time when you want something done, you point out what communities are experiencing when they have more than one major sport. If you're trying to get money in Vegas right now and you're the Oakland A's, you are pointing out the excitement of having multiple sports be successful and what it means. South Florida, they're losing their minds, as they should be. So we'll talk more about it. I just kept I kept watching, thinking, is this really happening to me? And I was brought back into the mindset of being the president of the Marlins. And then I realized, wait, you're just a fan now. You're on the other side. This is great for the show. It's good content. And then I thought, wait, do people actually care? Is it outside of South Florida? In New York are people caring that the Panthers beat the Bruins? Of course they are, do you know why? There's one thing about New Yorkers, we hate Boston, hate it. If you can inflict misery on the Celtics, or the Bruins, or the Patriots, then we are a fan of yours. Do you remember the expression? Hey, who do you like? I like the Yankees, and anyone playing the Red Sox, or I like the Brewers and anyone playing the Yankees. There's something about a common contempt for a team, for a city, not all the people. I love some people in Boston. I love you, Dave, I do. I enjoyed being there for a year in school, but God, their sports fans are insufferable thinking how cool they are. The silence when you win on the road in a game seven when we won in Chicago in Game 7, the silence in Wrigley Field, it's deafening. The tears that people are crying. Oh, my God. I loved it. Soaked it in. All right. Let's talk about baseball because this is a season that could be developing as one of the most memorable seasons of all time for many reasons. When this season started, everyone was excited because they said, look at all these different rules. We got a bunch of new rules. We got a pitch clock. We have the ban of the shift, bigger bases. People are going to be stealing bases like crazy unless they're worried about a problem in one of the 10,000 lakes. They are going to be action, more hits. Guess what's going on this season? More home runs, more strikeouts, more walks. The three true outcomes that owners looked in the mirror and said, is this the game that you want? Do you want the game where everyone's getting down on the knob and waiting for the home run? Is that your plan? The rules have not worked in that regard, but it's completely shaded by the fact that the games are faster. Not more action, but faster. Game time's down. So the victory lap that baseball takes is not about the way the game is different on the field. Although people will say runs, runs are up, stolen bases are up, excitement, action. It's game times that are down. But one of the things that we were trying to change, dollar, fine, damn it. One of the things they were trying to change was action, was to lower the three true outcomes. And it has not worked. I told you before the season started, it wasn't going to work, not because of a juice ball, but because players, until they get paid for doubles, triples, singles, they are going to keep hitting home runs. Until they get money lowered from their salary for striking out, they will still strike out. No one cares in the arbitration room. No one cares in free agency. That's not the focus. My God, he strikes out way too much. No problem. Here's 25 million bucks. When you put your team together, what baseball wants is for all 30 markets to look after a day, after a week, after a month, and to be able to say, we have hope. We're good. What the union wants is for people to look at their team after a day, after a week, and after a month, and say, hey, You spend money, you're gonna win. When your owners don't spend money, they're not gonna win. The correlation between winning and payroll is the sole focus of those guys at the union and MLB. They stare at the standings. They are despondent beyond repair about the first month of the season. They wanna close their eyes and fast forward to October so badly, because if this, the current state of baseball, stays as is you tell me as an owner how you would react let's take a look at the new york mets they're that they're it the team you want to be a fan of a team who spends you want to love your owner steve Cohn's your guy roof or no roof steve Cohn is your guy your payroll is in the top by a mile 370 is that his payroll plus luxury tax they're three games back at 15 and 12. They've got Scherzer injured, they have Verlander injured, but hopefully coming back, Quintana got injured. Alonzo's hitting, that's for sure. But are the Mets happy to be in second place, three games behind the Braves, when that's how everyone predicted it would be? No, when you've got that payroll, you shouldn't spend a day out of first place. The Yankees are trying to spend a day out of last place. I mean, that's a complete misleading statement. The Yankees only got to last place yesterday the Red Sox caught him. And all I keep thinking about is in New York is Brian Cashman saying to himself, I am the luckiest SOB of all time. For whatever reason, no matter what I do, no matter what happens, I get a pass. I may not get lots of extensions and I may have to be a lame duck from time to time, but let me tell you, I'm the longest standing GM in baseball. And I give him credit for that because that didn't used to exist with the New York Yankees and he totally changed it. But how much losing do the Yankees have to do for people to realize that they're not built right? This is not recency bias. The Yankees are 15 and 14. Judges hurt. Stanton's hurt. Donaldson's hurt. Their pitching is mediocre, as we said it would be. Their big free agent signing. Coco, we didn't talk about this pre-show. What are Carlos Rodon's stats for the season? I can't remember. Is he like 4-0 with a 1-5? Or I can't remember what he is. But he's having an amazing year for the Yankees so far. Great free agent signing. Continuing what happened in the last two years. Totally ignoring what happened prior to that. So it's another great year from him. Garrett Cole, another great year pitching like a Cy Young Award winner, and the Yankees are 15 and 14, eight games back of the best team in baseball. You can't account for the best team in baseball, what the Rays are doing, but I'll tell you what you can do, is you can say to yourself, we do not want to be eight games back after one month. Are the Yankees finished? No. Are they concerned? Yeah. Should they be concerned? You're damn right they should be. If they don't get 15 to 20 starts out of rodon and he's not dominant the yankees have no chance of getting through october even if they get to october and that only gets us to my favorite team to hate everybody's favorite team to hate we started with the mets and we know the second one is the padres peter Seidler comes in the owner of the padres he is pounding his chest and taking photos and signing autographs he's the man They've got the best lineup in history. They've got depth in pitching. They've got Blake Snell. They've got Hugh Darvish. They've got Joe Musgrove. They've got Nick Martinez. It's all great. Fernando Tatis is back from steroids. They're gonna be unbeatable. They're 15 and 14 after 29 games. Juan Soto has been an unmitigated disaster for the Padres. It's been enough time that I can call him that. Just doesn't look like the Juan Soto from the Nationals. He doesn't look like the Juan Soto. I wonder if Boris calls him up and says, hey Juan, listen, I promised you half a bill. The problem is you're playing like crap and I can prepare a document, which I will. It's gonna be as thick as thieves. It'll be like three to four inches, right? You recognize what that is? We're gonna send it to teams and say that you will be the difference maker in their lineup. Can you do me a favor and try not to screw it up that's what Soto's doing I think it's costing him money I mean we'll see I think their teams will still want him as a free agent because of what a power he is he gets on base he walks but man something happened to him here's what's happening to the Padres they sent a letter to Rob Manfred yesterday and they said dear Rob we are so honored and thrilled that you let us play in Mexico City thank you love Peter and the gang Not a lot of attention being paid in North America to the fact that the Giants and Padres played in Mexico City. A ton of attention being paid in Mexico City to the fact that Major League games were played there. Not a lot of attention being paid of why Mexico City is not an expansion market. A, the union is not ready to have its members living in Mexico, living in Mexico City. B, the owners are not ready. There is money there. There is expansion money to be had in Mexico City. The problem is that there is nothing they can do about making it Coors Field South. The humidor won't help. A roof won't help. The altitude of Mexico City will make offense at such a premium that no pitchers will want to go there unless they get a Mike Hampton type deal. And Mike Hampton type deals don't work. So Mexico City games happen. The pitchers are despondent. The offenses wake up, tons of runs scored. I think there were like 15 home runs hit in Mexico City over the two games, which certainly helped the stats of how there are more home runs in this year's juice balls. But the fact is, it was not the type of baseball that owners would like to see 81 times a year. It's a good exhibition. The games count. Everyone gets paid a little extra money. All's good. No harm. No one got in trouble. No one got kidnapped. No one got mugged. No one got the runs. Well, there were plenty of runs. And now they go home. So the Padres get to say, hey, we're 15 and 14, but with the third highest payroll in baseball, not good enough. So that means the top three payrolls after one month, one sixth of the year, disappointing. What about the fourth highest payroll? It's your Philadelphia Phillies. Yes, they're behind the Marlins. What's, what, what more is there to say? If Bryce Harper comes back this week, which is rumored from Tommy John, It occurs to me that Tommy John on a position player is gonna be like an off-season surgery now. He has a chance to come back and hit, having missed only 160 days, 30, 60, 90, 120, 150, 180. It's not even six months. Can you believe that? When I was young, there was a player for the Knicks. I believe he wore number 43. His name was Toby Knight, tore his ACL career over. ACLs used to be career-ending injuries. Now you tear your ACL, you miss nine months, you're back, you're okay. Tommy John used to be the end. Now pitchers are coming back successfully. Some hitters for sure. Bryce Harper coming back to the Phillies is going to help. May play some first base, may DH. I still think Trey Turner is the best free agent signing of the offseason, but The Phillies find themselves in fourth place after a month. What does it mean? It means the same thing as the Pirates. The Pirates had a 20 and 9 month. The Yankees had a 15 and 14 month. When you go back over your six month season in the rearview mirror, it is not impossible for teams to have a 20 and 9 month. It's not impossible for 100 win teams to have a 15 and 14 month. It's not impossible for a hitter to have a 10 for 80 month. All these things happen, but in the first month, it's the microscope. It's the extrapolation, we've talked about it. You hit a home run opening day, you're on track for 162. The Pirates are not gonna have six months of 20 and nine It's not even worthy of a wait to see. It is the biggest guarantee of all time. And you could look at the Vegas line, whatever the over-under is today for the Pirates, I promise you it's not 120. The Yankees will have a month well above 500 and months at 500. Normal. So don't overreact to what's going on this month. Unless you're the Los Angeles Angels. If you're running the Los Angeles Angels, the reason why you're overreacting to a 15 and 14 month is that you're realizing that this is who you are. This is what you've been. This is not the anomaly. There was some preseason chatter that Otani and Trout were gonna combine and everything was gonna be great. Finally, that to keep Otani, they had to make the playoffs. At 15 and 14, two and a half back of the Texas Rangers. Half a game back of the Houston Astros. Ahead, though, by several games. Two and a half games over the Mariners, who are disappointing. Artie Moreno's got to be thinking to himself, i got to deal with this now. It's May 1st. I've got three months until the trade deadline. Half a season, basically, until the trade deadline. Is there a chance that we wake up today and we are not who we've been since Otani got here? Is there a chance that this is the worst that will be, that we will match the Padres-Yankees 15 and 14, and we will go on a run and live happily ever after? We'll sign Otani. We'll make the playoffs. I'll be the conquering hero for not having sold the team. It's going to be great. If I were a betting man, I would tell you the Los Angeles Angels are exactly who the Los Angeles Angels are going to be. In Los Angeles, Angels of Anaheim are going to be mediocre with a capital M, because no matter what they do, they are not building a team around Otani and Trout. They're building mediocrity around Otani and Trout. And when you build mediocrity around two superstars in baseball, you get mediocrity. When you build mediocrity around two superstars in basketball, you get a finals run. So the union sits there and says, Christ, we can't have this. We can't have all these high payroll teams be mediocre but at least we can go to the low payrolls and owners cannot look at those teams and say, wow, not spending doesn't help me win. Spending may not help me win, but not spending is not gonna help me. Let's take a look. So the union opens up the standings on May 1st, one in, and they say, look at the athletics. That's what you do when you don't spend money. You have a minus 117 run run differential. You're the laughing stock of baseball. You're trying to be moved. John Fisher should be sold. He should sell his team. The athletics are an absolute disaster. The union is so happy. They focus solely on the A's. They're not the only people focusing on the A's. People are protesting the A's. They're holding signs. The signs say, sell, John, sell. You're a liar, Dave. He's the president of the team. You're a liar, John. There's no one in the stands. The A's hit a home run. It's a great video. And in the video are all these signs written on mattress sheets that do not violate the policies of the Coliseum. I got to make my own policies for signs. I can tell you right now. Any signs that are in there that would say, sell, you suck, Samson, sell Loria, I would be told to get rid of them. Would I get rid of them? That'd be my job. The general rule is you don't swear. You don't say anything about how much you love Castro. Your sign should work out just fine in Miami. But when you're an owner and you see a sign in your ballpark about your team, you have every right to take it down, it's your ballpark. Now, in the Mets history, do you remember the people who rented airplanes and the airplanes would fly over Citi Field or Shea Stadium saying, Wilpon, sell? Do you remember that? Do you think that that made the willpon sell? Do you think that Fred Wilpon, one of the great owners, Jeff Wilpon, great, great people actually, mentions with the capital M, you think that they were forced to sell because of what fans were saying or what the media was saying, I'm sorry to say that's not how it works. You think that John Fisher will be forced to sell because there are a bunch of people protesting? Those are the same people who will be there cheering when there's a new stadium in Oakland or when the A's get good again, which they were only two years ago, three years ago. So why would MLB.com show a highlight of this home run and edit out the signs. Because MLB Network is owned by 30 owners, one of whom is John Fisher, and you can bet your bippy that they're not gonna air something on MLB Network that shows a protest against the owners. Can you imagine if Tom Hicks owned his own network over in Liverpool? Would they show people marching to get rid of them? You think the Glazers are showing all the protests? If they had their own channel, It's not even a question, except what MLB did fascinates me. They actually came out and said, we were unaware of the edit, an MLB spokesperson told The Athletic. When it came to our attention, we corrected it as it isn't consistent with our policy. Buffalo chips, it's completely consistent with their policy. They don't do something to piss off their owners, the owners. They try to pretend they're totally independent. Of course they're not. But when presented with the issue, do you think an MLB spokesman did not speak it over with Rob and Dan and others in the commissioner's office? How do you wanna deal with this? You think it was some rogue intern who was cutting the highlights, like some PA trained by Coca who was cutting highlights and said, I have an idea. Let's edit out the long shot of this home run and let's make sure that there's nothing in it about selling the team. No, that's a decision that comes from a producer. The reason MLB had that statement and the reason they backtracked is they got crucified. I don't understand, why not own it? Yeah, we are a state run network. You think in China or in Cuba or in other horrific places, they apologize for what the public sees? If you want an independent highlight, go to another channel. That's always been the view. Now, if you live in a place where there can't be anything independent, I've got a different issue. But when you live in a place like the Americas, USA, where you've got a million choices to watch your highlights, that's like turning on Newsmax and saying, God, Why are they being so mean to Joe? Or turning on CNN and saying, hmm, they don't seem to like Donald. Come on, know your audience. So the union is sending memos about how great it is that the A's suck. Articles are being written. Does Vegas really want John Fisher? His team's terrible, he's not trying to win, he doesn't care about the fans. Believe me, it's not gonna come up in one public financing discussion they have in Vegas, how bad the team is, how much people hate the owner. It doesn't come up. The Oakland authorities can say, we're not doing a deal for John Fisher, we're making him sell. No, that doesn't come up either. But the union's gotta keep going. They've gotta look at the Orioles and Rays right in the AL East. The Tampa Bay Rays are 23 and six, the best record in baseball. How's their payroll? It's low. Orioles a 19 and nine month, third best record in baseball. People in the know said to you, the Orioles are a good team. You combine the Pirates at 20 and nine, the Orioles at 19 and nine, the Rays at 23 and six, and I'm gonna give you my imitation of Tony Clark making a phone call right now. Hey, it's Tony. Uh. You guys got to do something. We got to get some injuries on those teams, or we got to figure out a way to get them to, to lose. We cannot go into next season. We cannot do it with these teams winning. All owners will believe that this is the right path. Scott, hold on. I'm doing it. I'm doing exactly what you told me to do. Give me one more minute. One more minute, damn it. All right, can we do that? Yeah, get the umpires on it too. Yeah, I know my kill won't allow it, but just try, would you? All right, get back to me on June 1st. There better be some changes. That's real. The union is furious with the Pirates and the Orioles and the Rays. Furious. And I like it. All right. All right, Coca, let's take a break. Uh, We're gonna talk about something that's going on with Jacob deGrom that happened over the weekend that would have been the biggest news of the weekend, but for the fact that it didn't even make the top five things that happened this weekend. Could it be the biggest news of the season? We're gonna talk about it. Is Tony Clark upset about Jacob deGrom? I'm gonna mention why he's not. And then we're gonna review The Diplomat. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. Today is Monday, May 1st, 2023. You are live, Nothing Personal with David Sampson on YouTube. We are here every day, 8 a.m., rain or shine, winning or losing, good numbers or bad numbers. Although thanks to you, they're good. Tell your friends about us, rate us, review us, do whatever it is you're supposed to do, but most importantly, subscribe. I was thinking to myself as I finished The Diplomat this weekend, that I'll commit to an eight series arc or a 10 episode, excuse me, an eight, four, eight, 69. I was thinking to myself that I'll commit to an eight episode series and it takes me three minutes to review and that's what I allocate in the show. I can watch an hour documentary, give it the same three minutes. So why do I commit to certain shows and not give them more? Because that's what I'm choosing. I'm not gonna talk about the diplomat for 10 minutes. I will tell you that Kerry Russell and Rufus Sewell are in a new series on Netflix about the ambassador to the UK. Can you name the last ambassador to the UK? Yeah, Woody Johnson, two types of ambassadors. One, I give a lot of money to the campaign, the presidential campaign, name me the ambassador of a place that I wanna be. I wanna host parties, I wanna host dinner parties, I wanna make official stops and I wanna live in a really cool place, and I wanna make sure everyone's got their passports. That's one way to be an ambassador. The other way to be an ambassador is to be a lifetime State Department diplomat. Kerry Russell and Rufus Sewell are married in the diplomat, and they are diplomats. They're not rich, they're not donors. And she was assigned to the UK, she. He used to be the most famous ambassador. Now she's an ambassador, so they're married as ambassadors. They're not that happily married, get online. And all of a sudden, there's a lot of stuff happening in the world and it all involves the UK and Kerry Russell's in the middle of it. Having had the honor to meet many ambassadors, look at me, Louie, yes, I have. I am not familiar with any ambassadors who would have the type of stretch that Kerry Russell is having as the ambassador of the UK. All of that said, I'm in. I watched it over the course of two days, start to finish all in, absolutely loved it. Rufus Sewell, you will know from The Illusionist, among other things, I love from The Illusionist. I still have The Illusionist over The Prestige. It is a very unpopular take, but I do. I'm also a Ed Norton and Jessica Biel fan. I do like Christian Bale so much, they're both great. But Rufus Sewell and The Illusionist, Rufus Sewell and The Diplomat, it's worth your time. Will there be a season two let me just go on record right now not even an official way to see coco don't worry about it there will be a season two to the diplomat if they treat this the way wayne was treated i will be livid there has to be a season two you know where else there's going to be a season two in the five-year de i plan <laughs> I'm, I'm only laughing because When we're looking at free agents, we would look at track record. We'd look at what their last season was. And we'd always say the same thing. It's gonna be different with us. And then if we have a bad season, next season, it's gonna be different. I promise you. When the Rangers signed Jacob DeGrom and Jacob DeGrom told you how happy he was to get out of New York and into Texas, I laughed, it was horse crap. The Texas Rangers offered him five years. He didn't get five years from anybody. Jacob deGrom getting five years from anybody is ridiculous. Jacob deGrom is an injured player. Jacob deGrom is Josh Johnson with a couple Cy Youngs. Jacob deGrom is wonderful to watch. I don't wish him ill. When he pitches, he's unhittable. But guess what? The majority of the time, I'm as good as Jacob deGrom. Spring training, delayed, side tightness, no problem, I'm going to start opening day. Starts opening day, all of a sudden, his wrist is sore. And then before you know it, his elbow is inflamed, and he's on the injured list. He told you that he was frustrated. The Rangers have stayed quiet, because the Rangers are saying, hey, we're good. We're a month in, we're one-sixth in. What was it, Coca? I want to say the Texas Rangers are in. Hold on, get to it. First place by two games over the Houston Astros. We can withstand anything. We've got the lineup and we have Heaney and Evaldi, and we're good. Do you know what they're really doing inside the front office right now, of the Texas Rangers? They're trying to figure out whether or not they're gonna get fired and make sure that they can blame the owner for this contract. Then they're speaking to their CFO about insurance. What policy did we take out? Are we self-insuring? Do we want him back? How quickly do we want him back? How much time is he gonna miss? How could we be so absolutely asinine and win the off season with a DeGrom signing, with him coming home with the cap, all the great excitement, the clicks, the people visiting our spring training? Guess what? They all disappear. No one cares if you're not playing. Jacob DeGrom becomes another really, really exceptional pitcher who was injured that's his narrative and it's not changing you think that jacob Degrom is going to wake up from this elbow inflammation he's going to come off the injured list and pew, he's good for the next four seasons he will take his 30 starts no chance toilet pants i mean zero not even a slight We even did a wait to see that DeGrom wouldn't start 26 games, which was upsetting to DeGrom because he came out and said, my goal is to start 30 games. My goal is to dunk a basketball. I don't give a rat's ass what your goal is. When you know that you haven't achieved your same goal over a period of years because you don't have a body, it's the same thing as an oft-injured player saying, my goal is to stay injury-free. Yeah, that's my goal too. My goal is to stay healthy and never die. My goal is never to get old. Here's the problem. There's only one way to not get old, and it's a pretty bad trade. There's only one way when you're an injured player to not be injured. Want to know what it is? Not to play. The only way Jacob DeGrom stays healthy over a five year deal is if he retires, if he negotiates a buyout and just walks away. And then can say, "Hey, I would have been healthy. I just felt like I had had enough. I want to spend time with my family. Whatever such excuse you want to make." But if he sits here and tries to collect the full five years from Texas, Texas will look back on the day they signed Jacob Degrom and they will say, "Wow." This reminds me of Arod. I'm going to give you a way to see right now, right now about Jacob Degrom, and this is official, Coca. Jacob DeGrom will be on the injured list longer than these 15 days. He can say anything he wants about being ready and how it's only inflammation. We're gonna take care of it. Here's how they're taking care of it. They give him anti-inflammatories, which is what we give out like Tic Tacs. Hey, take some of this. We'll get the inflammation out. Maybe we'll try a little PRP and you'll miss four or five extra days. MRI clean, that's another thing we like to say. No structural implications. I like that one too. We say that until we have to say it's Tommy John. We say that until he has to be on the IL for 60 days. We say that until we transfer him to the 60 day IL. We say that until the guy actually gets the surgery. Forearm tightness, elbow inflammation, Herosis, neurosis, cirrhosis. We do all that stuff until we have to tell you the truth. I liked it, what the Texas Rangers did with DeGrom. Hey, we haven't heard yet. Of course they knew. They waited to announce the fact that he was going on the I.L. to right before their next game was played. They didn't want to do it prematurely. Been there, done that. I argued often, saying, just announce it. Like, whatever. What's the difference between now and 10 hours from now? Well, let's just wait, because maybe he'll wake up and everything will be better. I used to like that. Maybe he'll wake up and his ligament will be reattached by God. Uh. Maybe he'll wake up and his hammy will not be spaghetti. It'll turn into penne. Wait to see, Coca. Jacob DeGrom will be on the IL longer than 15 days. All right, after I left Florida, I joined UTA and my agent's name is Jerry Silbowitz and I was talking to him over the weekend as he was calling me because he didn't ever used to call me. And now that things are, now that you're all listening to nothing personal, he's calling me all the time. I'm just kidding, Jerry, don't be so sensitive. You're the best agent, I'm never leaving you. He called me with a correction, which made me feel happy because he's listening to the show. Number one, that means we're doing better. Number two, he knows that I will take corrections and I will. We do this show without a script. We are just here, it's me and Coca. coca has got five monitors in front of him. I've got none. I've got a camera, I've got no studio audience. Even here in the Levitard studio, I have a director who's looking at me. Hey, hey, they can't even hear me because I'm not on an actual microphone. That's the, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? That's the Levitard microphone, nope. I'm on my own microphone, but I make mistakes. So let me know what they are. Jerry calls me up and says, David, You did a whole segment on Lamar Jackson. You did a whole segment on what an agent would have gotten paid and how much money he saved by negotiating the deal for himself, but you got it wrong. All right, what do we got, Jerry? Did you know that NFL agents, he told me, the maximum they can charge is 3%, not the 5% that MLB agents get? I did not know that. The maximum fee is 3%, but then Jerry dropped the hammer and said there are many agents, and he would know this because he's in that world, who would actually only charge 1%. Is there not an agent out there who Lamar would have hired and paid 1% to, who would have represented him potentially better than what he did on his own with just lawyers? If I had any idea that you could get an agent at 1%, I would have been all over Lamar Jackson. How do you not do that? I absolutely understood, hey, save the 5%. It's not like they're gonna drum up interest. But in the NFL, with all the difficulties of the guaranteed language, with all the difficulties in when money is earned versus baseball, once you sign it as I told you, it's yours forever. In football, you gotta do a million things. Hope you don't get hurt, but then there's an injury guarantee and hope you do get hurt and then you don't need the injury or you get the injury or then it's roster or workout or wherever it is. The fact is Deshaun Watson, 230 million guaranteed at signing. Watson didn't get it. He didn't even get 200 guaranteed at signing. For 1%, I want an agent in there. So I got that wrong. Thank you for that. All right, nothing personal pick of the day. How do we do? We told you on Friday that Luis Castillo of the Mariners was gonna lose to Alec Manoa. And we said, whenever you can get Manoa for only minus 115, do it. I don't know if you remember that, but we did the Blue Jays and we won. We got rained out Saturday, Braves, Mets, all that talk for a roof. The Mets weekend was a washout. Both games rained out against the Braves. One will be made up today, and I think one will be made up in August. Rainouts are not the reason why you'd have a roof. All the articles started, Steve Cohn considered a roof. To put a roof on an existing facility is even a deal that Steve Cohn wouldn't do. It is 10 to one in cost to add a roof when there is none in existence. If you want a roof, do it from the get-go, do not add it. It is an absolute non-starter. There will not be a roof. There doesn't even need to be a roof. But there was a rainout. We had the Nuggets over the Suns in game one, and they won. Nuggets are up one nothing in one of the Western Conference semis. Kevin Durant has to come back. When you're on the road, you're trying to get one of two. That's it. So the Suns need this game coming up, but the Nuggets got it, so we won. And then we get to yesterday's Nick Heat game, where I had the Heat falling because... They're coming off a Bucs series. There should be a letdown. They're in New York, they're at the Garden, they're at the Mecca. They've got Spike Lee, they've got Ewing, they've got Starks, they've got Allen Houston, they've got LJ. I didn't see Trent Tucker. Everybody's there. And the Knicks laid an egg. They had an early lead, which in the NBA means nothing. And the Heat just won. They won the second half, they outright won. The Heat get their win in New York. They're up one, nothing. People in Miami are berserk. They're already looking at Jimmy Butler as the greatest ever. Jimmy Butler rolled an ankle. We're gonna have to talk about that. Randall already had an ankle problem. He didn't even play. Brunson, not even a top 10 Nick of mine at all, took responsibility by going 0 for 7 from three, saying he was very disappointed in himself. All right, whatever. Knicks minus four overheat was a loss. So we're 66 and 61 after a two and one weekend. What do we got today? We got some series starting. We've got Celtics, Sixers. Joel Embiid is doubtful. He's got the sprained knee. I don't want to touch it. Too nervous. We've got Lakers, Warriors coming up this week. God, the NBA must be happy. Curry against LeBron. One of those two gets to the conference finals. That's gonna be a great series. But tonight, Suns-Nuggets, game two. Does Kevin Durant play on a team that goes into Denver and loses two? I think this is a deep, long series where winning at home will not be a guarantee for either team. I'm gonna take the points tonight. I'm gonna say that Kevin Durant recognizes that uh, as good as Murray and Jokic have been, we're gonna take the four and a half. Suns plus four and a half at Denver. All right, one baseball game I want to mention because Toronto's all excited. We got the Maple Leafs and the Panthers, the Raptors. Well, no, we're not excited about the Raptors. What about the Blue Jays? Hard not to be excited about the Blue Jays. Jose Barrios is someone who we said you got to bet against always until he shows that he can win or until he's playing the Red Sox with Corey Kluber. We made a commitment that we will not let go of, that when Corey Kluber is pitching, we're going against him. Berrios is minus 145 over Kluber and the Red Sox. The Red Sox are feeling so happy and good that they're not in last place. Berrios is finally picking it up. Over his last three starts, his ERA is under one and a half, I think. Take him. Berrios, minus 145 over Kluber and the Red Sox. All right. Month two starts in MLB. When we come back here June 1st, and we'll do a show June 1st, do you think we'll be talking about the same teams the way we talked about them today? You think the Mets, Yankees, Padres, Phillies, and Angels will still be disappointment? Do you think that the Orioles and Rays will still be where they are and the Pirates? Months turn into seasons, folks. Will it happen for all these teams? No way, but we're gonna find out. Meanwhile, let's get back to the playoffs. It's just business. We'll be back tomorrow. This is Nothing Personal.
1: Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone.